What you encourage will flourish, because encouraging gives people the courage to be their best. That quote's from me. This is Walking Your Talk, a personal development podcast about leadership, authenticity and courage. I'm Carolyn Taylor, and I've spent my life working with leaders in organizations on how to change their culture. But this is much more personal. If you want to be known as someone who walks your talk at work and beyond, then this podcast is for you. So the definition of culture that I like to use is that it is the patterns of behavior that are encouraged, discouraged, and tolerated by people and by systems over time. And the reason I like that, and there are lots of good definitions of culture out there, but the reason I like this one is because it's useful, because it actually contains within it what you as a leader need to do to shape a culture by shaping the behavior of other people. Encourage, discourage, and not tolerate. So this episode is about encouraging, which is actually where a lot of your focus needs to be if you do want to influence the behavior of other people. Few things you need to be getting in place if you're going to be encouraging well. The first one, and it sort of sounds obvious, but I found that it's actually not obvious, is that you need to know what good looks like. Now that can be quite easy if you want to build a fairly obvious behavior like respect or speaking up into your family or your team or or even your organization because it's visible and anyone who saw it is going to likely to agree that either somebody did speak up or they didn't. But in organizations, I do find people get into more trouble when they come to more complex ideas or buzzwords. A risk culture, for example, is very much an in thing now. And if you've got 10 people in a meeting, I kind of so, how would you know which of those 10 is best at having risk management behaviors? What do risk management behaviors actually look like on a day-to-day basis? And a lot of people are not really clear about that. Similarly, on the concept of empowering or behaving in an empowered way, or customer-centric behavior. So that stuff is a little bit harder. But it does evolve, I think. Once you set an intention of what you want to create, gradually you do get clearer and clearer about what it looks like. For example, 20 years ago, safety was not as clear, I think, as it is today. Uh, Some people, for example, 20 years ago, would not have considered a near miss to be something that you would be wanting to think about in terms of behavior. But today, near misses are seen as crucial indicators of where there could be an actual accident. So the behaviors around near misses have completely changed. So the more than a group works on one of these broader principles, the clearer you get about what good does look like. And that then obviously makes it much easier to then be able to encourage it when you do see it. Second thing that you're going to need to work on, this is kind of more personal in relation to you, is your own resistance potentially to giving too much praise. So a lot of us have got all sorts of interesting theories and beliefs about what praise does to people 
and whether or not it's a good thing to be praising a lot or whether that's just people doing their job or you know they're going to get big headed or whatever so worth having a look at that because encouraging actually is an essential tool for behavior shaping and building a culture in either a small or a large group because what encourage actually literally means is to breathe courage into someone to do something to you know stick their neck out and behave in the best possible way and most of the time behaving in the best possible way actually takes some effort i think that's something people don't often talk about it's easier often to be a bit lazy you know to be loose with your words to be disrespectful it's harder to keep respect going unless it happens to be something that you're just absolutely deeply embedded in from a long time ago so you do need some courage to step outside of your normal ways of doing things and what encouraging does is it doesn't only touch the individual who you're doing the encouraging to it also touches anyone else who hears it from you so the great thing about encouraging or making a comment about a great behavior that you see in a group is everybody gets that message and of course all of us you know we we like to be praised we like you know and you can see behavior kind of adjusting as a result so i mean a technique i use which any of you who have been in a position of facilitating groups will perhaps also use is that you know in the early stages of i'm you know say doing a two day event or something when the first people ask good questions or make great comments i'll say you know that's exactly what a sort of question i was hoping for or let's hear more of that sort of comment that's really got us all going didn't it or it's just something like that and you can see the rest of the group are sort of starting to calibrate this is the culture that's going to exist this is the behavior that this group that's going to be together for 2 days is going to adopt and so i'm gently shaping the behavior that i'm hoping for from the group by encouraging in the early days because we all want to fit into a community you know people come to a group they they want to be a part of that group So if I'm seeking to build that in this group of participants then that'll produce a better learning outcome. So it's worth my investing early on in doing that, encouraging what I see. So the sort of things you can say is, you know, I love it that you raised this difficult topic with me. Good on you. You know, before we even get into the discussion of whether or not I agree with you, good on you for raising it. Or, you know, it was great that you kept bringing the customers' needs into our discussion. You know what you did then is a great example of enterprise-wide thinking. That's what we're trying to establish. So thank you. You know, thank you for calling, letting me know you're going to be late because it makes it easy for me to plan. These are all what I would call little baby encouraging statements, and they do gradually shape behavior. So once you're clear on what you're looking for and you're starting to encourage it, there's another tip that I want to give you, and that is how you create. a tipping point some of you may remember malcolm gladwell's book where he really explores it's called tipping point and he explores what happens with any new idea or new product where it sort of slowly gathers steam and then it reaches this tipping point where suddenly most people jump on board the same applies to a collective change in behavior or a change in culture it seems that your job as a leader is you walk your own talk you encourage others and you kind of push it a little push it along push it along a little bit and then you suddenly reach this tipping point and it happens really quite fast think about for example how 
people are beginning to behave in a more environmentally sustainable way. You know, it started with some, you know, slightly weird hippie types coming out there and making all these statements about the environment. And then gradually it gained momentum and it spread to a broader and broader group. But still perhaps, you know, people who were very political and activist in some way. Earnest, perhaps one could say. But then what happens is the council started to get involved and ordinary people started to get involved and it started to get easier and we had special bins and collections that made it accelerated again. And now, quite suddenly, I think it's reached a tipping point. And how you can tell the tipping point is that suddenly it becomes easier for a lot of people to adopt the new behavior than to hold out and not adopt it. You start to feel guilty if you're using disposable cups or plastic straws or whatever. And that that feeling of kind of group guilt is what kind of gets the masses of people to then follow and the tipping point happens. So I'm telling you all of this because there's a way you can use this. Because the way that you can best influence and shape the behavior of a big group is actually to focus on engaging and encouraging with the early adopters. Because if you get the early adopters and you build that group to be just a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, they're the ones that will get you to the tipping point. So don't worry about the resistors. Don't worry about the people you think are never going to change their behavior because most of them will follow after you get to the tipping point. Focus your intention instead on those people who are really open to change, but they need support. I met a young woman recently, her, na her name was Carol, and she worked in a large telecom company in their billing area. And she was telling me about you know, how billing is really important with telcos because it's very easy for customers to get shocked by their bills. They call it sticker shock. And because we don't realize how much we're using inadvertently by you know, having our roaming turned on or you know, something like that. And so Carol was obsessed with listening to customers, and she always has been. She, she was telling me, you know, because they're in a telco, obviously all of us are customers in some way. So she was saying, oh, she, I, I talk to people outside of work all the time. You know, I'm, 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 wherever I go, I ask people about their bills and their experiences and what they find difficult and what is unexpected. And I gather all that, she said, and I take it to contribute to a meeting that I'll be attending where we're making decisions about you know, how to price things or how to build things or whatever. But she told me, and this is the really crux of it, she told me that she feels so alone because no one else around her seems to care in the way that she cares about how customers feel. For everyone else, it was all about the products or the process or just getting things done. Now, I knew that the senior executives in this company care a great deal about building a more customer-centric organization. So I knew that her perception that no one else cared wasn't the reality from the point of view of the senior people, but I also could understand why Carol felt like a freak. And actually, there are thousands of people in any group, in any organizations who are like Carol. They have strong values, they act on them, but they feel alone. So your job as a leader is to find these people, to encourage them, to make them feel special, but then to help them to hook up with others like them. So you start to build a power block. You start to give them air cover. 
they start to feel that they're not alone. And that's when you get the tipping point. But it all comes from seeking them out and encouraging them. So think about what that means in your family or your team. What is that behavior and how can you encourage that? Because in a small team, tipping point is easier to achieve, I think. Because everyone's present, so you can get these things happening much faster. So, exercise for this week then. Focus on your one behavior, get clear what good looks like, Seek out the people who display it already and encourage it, encourage it, encourage it and talk about it as much as you can. And talk about those people also to other people. And don't worry about the naysayers. I think you'll enjoy this one. It's an uplifting exercise. Next week, we're going to focus on not tolerating, which is a more difficult skill to master, I think, but is a critical part of shaping the behavior of a group and thus building the culture you want. So I'll see you then. Thank you for joining me.